is Newell Nussbaumer. I'm here with Fritz Abel. Hello. And uh, hi, Fritz. <laughs> uh, I would love to say, be able to say exactly what you do, Fritz, but maybe you could tell us exactly what you do. Oh, what do I do? Um, well, I do actually a couple of different things. I mean, principally, I'm, I'm a startup guy. I've been in startups since the late 90s in New York and then Boston and then New York and now Buffalo. Um, and New York. So I've been involved with technology startups. I helped uh, build an investment bank in Boston in the mid-2000s. Um, green technology startups, green manufacturing startups more recently. Um, so that's that's my, what my primary focus is, but um, also on the side over the past 10 years, I've, I've developed a handful of properties over on the west side of Buffalo. And that's primarily what we're here to talk about, even though you and I, we go back. Noel, I have been in your shadow. I love to tell people. So Noel and I went to grade school together, summer camp in Vermont together, high school together, college together. So I have been behind and the now, hoss known it, as Newell for my entire life. And now we live a couple of blocks from each other. Basically. Basically a couple yeah. blocks because you're in the Five Points area. Uh, I mean, you're, this is the, Five Points is one, is your, is one of your babies. Um, obviously, uh, there's a lot of players in the Five Points yeah. movement. Uh, but uh, in recent years, you've been doing so much to elevate the scene over there. Uh, it's incredible. I, I get, I talk to Fritz a lot, and we're going always going back and forth on what the next building is, what the next project is, what the next business is. Mm-hmm. And what I love about uh, what you do over there, Fritz, is that you you curate your businesses uh, because you are uh, helping to build a community over the community over there. That uh, is something that has a little bit of everything. Uh, there's five points uh, for everybody that knows or doesn't know. It has a has a great little boutique wine shop. It's got a community garden center, uh, a, um, a a bunch of little coffee shops, um, a, a, a bakery. It, it's the list goes on and on and on. Um, and it's all comes together in this really beautiful setting uh, that has become known as Five Points. And uh, in the summertime, there are concerts and there's all sorts of uh, activities there for all, just about anybody, uh, just no matter the age. Yeah, I, I mean, so I do, I do want to underscore, like, it is, it is comprised of a lot of different stakeholders. You know, a lot of people credit me with, you know, turning around five points. And, and, and actually, you know, the reason why I think it's successful is because there are a lot of stakeholders, you know, which started with Urban Roots, which is the, the first uh, worker-owned, or, no, I'm sorry, the first uh, nursery cooperative in the country. So that started over a decade ago as a bunch of neighbors who got together and bought and cobbled together some lots and, you know, decided to launch this enterprise. And so that really anchored the neighborhood. And then there was a lot of West Side's, you know, efforts and stabilization happening. Um, Push Buffalo moved in over there. And then, you know, one by one, um, stakeholders like, Kevin and Melissa Gardner, who launched Five Points Bakery, and um, and then I did 
you know, uh, Las Puertas, and then I did La, uh, Remedy House, and then upstairs from Remedy House is Pilates and Art Studio, and then, and then the building where the Five Points Framing Shop went in, and and then now it's going to be actually a uh, an Italian eatery, so it's going to be an like Italy or a new. I was not aware of this. Yeah, so that's it's, pretty exciting. It's, it's very exciting. Yeah, it's a young guy. Breaking news on this podcast. It, this absolutely. Is, this is fun. <laughs> yeah, the lease is is just freshly signed. Um, it's it's um a guy named Jeff Delfonso, who's a chef around town. He's chefed for Oliver's and the Richardson, and he's currently in Mansion. So he's a really great, talented um, chef, and he's he's uh, wanted to do an Italy model. So mm. it's going to be Italian imports, uh, foods, you know, principally takeout. Um, you, I think there will be a couple of tables to eat in, but it's not a restaurant. It's it's a takeout spot. So that's coming in. Um, obviously extra extra was my last project that I did, which has been wild, wild, wildly successful. successful. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're killing it. Great pizza. I'm not even really a pizza eater and I love it. Great pizza, great people. Totally. Uh, they expanded great their patio. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, that, yeah, that's been a huge success. You got Paula Paradise over there. Yeah, Paradise, Paradise Wines. Wine, absolutely. Uh, butter Block. Which, butter Block. You yeah. know, the lines form around the block. Yeah. Butter Block. And yeah. She's just amazing. So it it is. It's this French great girl confluence. Yeah. French girl, the, the his and his jewelry his and his, guys, yep, yep. Um, and then Rosie's ice cream is coming in. Mm. So it's a lot of That's carbs, right. that a is lot right of sweets, there. Exactly. but it's really good stuff. And you know, and what I what 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 attracted me to that neighborhood was not only you know the the fact that it was dense and and compact um, and walkable. But obviously, the proximity to the Elmwood Village, I mean, it's eight blocks away. Um, and, you know, I just really saw it as, as an opportunity to get involved in, in creating more more of an urban, walkable environment, which really interested me in Buffalo. You know, as you know, you know I've lived in New York City since the mid-90s. And, you know, I, I love that urbanity experience, I, I, or urban experience. I love, you know, not owning a car, not, you know, being able to rely on public transport and biking. And, you know, as much as we can build on that in Buffalo, I'm all for. Well, in the chicken and the egg, we're talking, to, I mean, right now, as far as five points go, there's a whole new uh, type of infrastructure uh, that we're going to be seeing there someday, right? I don't know. You tell me. Well, I mean, are, isn't there kind of a plan to take that corner and elevate it to the next level at some point? Uh, to, I mean, you've you've done some of the pop ups there, the the urban pop ups, uh, like how that could look some someday with uh, it, crosswalks uh, oh, yeah. and and uh, you know the the curb cuts, and and I know some of that has happened, um, but isn't there kind of a, a like an idea to kind of elevate that? Uh, someday to an entirely different level? I mean, there's no grand plan, at least that I'm not aware of, but I think the neighbors are always, you know, working on, you know, pushing for better. Like, we just got crosswalks after years of begging the city for them. The city city did a big, you know, bump out um, and traffic calming plan in front of, you know, Remedy House, and um, that's really been effective. 
you know, I, I think, uh, you know, what we'll hopefully see more of uh, is more infill. You know, we've got some lots over there that need to be infilled. I've got, you know, I've got a couple that I'd like to build on. What is um, that going to take? Well, <laughs> lower <laughs> lower interest rates for one. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it is really hard to make the numbers work for infill in Buffalo. And I'm I'm just exploring it um, in Buffalo, New York State. Uh, I mean, I mean, why so I much mean, Buffalo? Well, because it's almost every bit as expensive to build in Buffalo as it is in more major markets. Mm-hmm. But we don't have the rents of the major markets to cover it. So even though some people would argue the rents are going, of up course, <laughs> yeah, it's significantly. It's, yeah, yeah, no, without a doubt. I mean, I, I listen. I'm not. I'm not a. I'm not a big champion of subsidizing developers, you know, particularly the big, it seems like we sub, we subsidize the big guys, mm-hmm. you know, and we let the smaller people fend for themselves. The bigger the project, the more we subsidize and yeah. we, we sort of mitigate the risk for that, for the developers. Like we're helping them on the, on the, on the downside, but they're seeing the upside. Yeah. I'm At the same time, do you think that they would do the work that they would go forward with these projects if it wasn't for, no, I don't think they would. No. And I think that that should be i i actually think it 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 we should support that but but also like let's look at the more micro projects as well you yeah. know it's just it, it th- those need support as well yeah. frankly yeah, you yeah. Know? and that's why we're not seeing more infill and you know like what Cristiano is has is doing on Grant Street is is great you know but like he's he's really been crunching the numbers and it and it just is it's really hard to make the numbers work without some of these tax subsidies and you know, so I, I just think we need to expand the pool of, you know, down to the micro developer that we're supporting. Um, so anyways, I think, you know, five points, I'll see more infill, hopefully more, you know, bike infrastructure would love to see that mm-hmm. um, more, more programming and the like. But I, I, you know, what I like about that neighborhood in particular is it is really organic. You know, there are a lot of different players working on different things over there you know kevin and melissa's jazz series at five star at at, at um five points bakery is amazing it is amazing on, on, on the on the weekends in the summer and you know just more of that and we you know the the business owners over there had been more uh collaborative in in terms of like doing a, a seasonal event and that um pre-covid i'm hoping that that picks up again um and you know, we'll, we'll we'll see what happens. But so I, so five points as the uh, as a shining star uh, on the periphery of five points neighborhood. We're starting to see, and you and I talk about this a lot. The problem with preservation. We yeah, can, we can jump into that. Uh. Yeah, you know, it's <laughs> listen. I, I I'm amazed at how voracious a preservationist I become. I mean, I grew up in Buffalo. I left in 1990. I grew up, you know, right across the street from a Frank Lloyd Wright house. I, I, on an Olmstead Parkway, I, I I never fully appreciated what we had here, and it was it was living in New York City in the two thousand late two thousand ten two thousand eleven that I started to pay attention. It was when the Statler they were talking about tearing down the Statler, mm-hmm. and that's what ensnared me. I was like, "You're you're gonna tear down the Statler? Yeah. I mean, are you kidding me?" Firstly. You're sending all of that to a landfill, but we're not going to rebuild anything like the Staller, that grandeur, the the beauty, um, and how unnecessary. Anyways, that's what got me involved in in sort of the uh, or to 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 under, start to understand the concept of pres- preservation. And you know, I've been on the board of Preservation Buffalo Niagara for going on eight years. I'm cycling off next year, 
And, you know, I, I just firmly believe that our our heritage architecture is one of our biggest assets. Uh, it you certainly know? is. There aren't many reasons why people want to come to Buffalo and, and increasingly, you know, I mean, obviously that's changing, thankfully, but if, if not front, to see the our, waterfront, the park system, it's all the great, architecture, but, yeah, uh, but, and, and some of the things, yeah, obviously the Albright Knox, we have some, uh, some heavy hitters that pe- people love, but it definitely is all grounded, uh, and anchored by, uh, the preservation, uh, movement and, and what we have saved. Cause we've lost a lot. Oh my God. <laughs> we've, it's, I mean, it's just insanity It is that insanity. we, that we tear, I mean, the losing the great Northern, like the last remaining grain elevator of its kind in the world yeah and to take that down is in is pure insanity yep. we are literally cutting ourselves off at the knees like when we do stuff like that you know um so so i i do Espe- believe especially because uh there there was no plan to do anything i mean what are they gonna what are they it's doing parking it's, it's gonna be a parking lot i mean and, 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 it's and, not and, like we have to build something for our our business that's going to be able to sustain our business uh down the road uh into the future it was literally just like yeah we're just knocking it down yeah and and here you had doug jamal willing to step up and and he he saw the value mm-hmm. and he, he was gonna buy it and repurpose it and so yeah i i am a i am a massive preservationist and and you know because i I, I believe I, it's not because I want to, you know, keep Buffalo in, in a, peri- a place of stasis. It's it's actually I think when we repurpose these buildings for future uses, is what's really an amazing model for Buffalo. And it's where Buffalo is shining. Whether you look at the Richardson or the Darwin Martin or the Sullivan or yeah. you know any of these buildings, like they're repurposed. Yes, I've, and, got, I've got a curator friend from L.A. Uh, mm-hmm. from a gallery in L.A. She's here for like she's been here for the last three days. And uh, she's staying at the Richardson Hotel. She's uh, exploring all of the hotspots, all of the uh, historic uh, gems in Buffalo. And that's what she's doing. She's going from place to place to place. It's what brought her here. It's what's keeping her here. And she is just in awe. Uh, and it's, to- it's changed her entire perspective of like what Buffalo is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because yeah. as, every- as you know, better than anybody else, people come here with a certain impression that if they haven't really studied up on the city... And uh, then when they get here, they're just like, yeah, this is nothing like what I've heard. <laughs> yeah, I, that's the campaign I think Buffalo should do is Buffalo, I never knew, dot, dot, dot. Mm-hmm. Like, I I never knew that it was so beautiful. I never knew that you had a, this composition of, you know, representations of the greatest American architects. I had no idea that Olmsted built a park, its first park system and in, in citywide park system in the country here. I, I You know, just there's yeah. so many things that people don't on. know. Yeah. But so, yeah, we need we need to stop tearing this stuff down. And, and, you know, what my concern is, is that we're in a, we're in a great place right now. And, 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 you know, Preservation Buffalo Niagara, which I'm such a bro- proud board member of, is doing an incredible uh, job. And, you know, one of its key initiatives right now is, is a local landmarking initiative. Yep. I mean, we're just landmarking as, you know, so many structures that are, could be at risk because my, my fear actually is we're, we're, you know, Preservation has been mainstreamed. I remember Doug Swift said this to me when I first started to come back to Buffalo and we had the Preserva- Trust, National Trust Conference. He said to me, you know, preservation has been mainstreamed in Buffalo. We all recognize it's a good thing. Um, we're seeing the value in it. Um, but where where we are, are butting up against issues now is this concept of 
progress. You know, a lot of people still see preservationists as obstructionists, yeah. you know, or anti-progress. And that couldn't be further from the truth, yeah. you know, because we, we want to see these buildings saved and then repurposed. But, um, you know, where, where we're going to start, I really fear that where we're going to start to see issues, and this is where like Pittsburgh is right now, which is, you know, 10 years ahead, Buffalo, probably, is big money is starting to come in. Big outside, uh, you know, developers, Google, Facebook, et cetera, are coming into town. They're, they're tearing down blocks and blocks of, of, of Pittsburgh in the name of progress. And I think that's going to be the, the the next wave. Like, we're in this great period right now where buildings, you know, look at what the folks in um, the lower Blackrock district just did, Scott Glasgow and all of them. You know, they just created a local landmark district to save that part of lower Niagara. And it's it's fantastic. And there's, you know, a great developer coming in who's going to do an arts-focused development project over there. But there are still buildings on Lower Niagara um, that are at risk. Um, Not I mean, anymore, because they've formed this, this local district. So yeah. they, they actually formed that district because the, the oldest house How much Black teeth Rock, does that have? As much as you can get. Right. I mean, as much as you can. The only... Real protection for for buildings is our local landmark districts. Yeah, national it provides some tax incentives and all of that, but it's it's really the you know Allentown um, model, Lower West Side, uh, Hamlin Park, you know, Ellic, parts of Ellicott, um, and now Lower Lower Niagara. That's where the preservation board can come in and halt. Um, a demolition, but again, I mean, look at the Great Northern was locally landmarked. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And when yeah. when when big money gets involved, when there's a will, there's a way. And and but it is the best tool we have yeah. right now. So that's great. We want to do more of that. But 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 to your point, you know, like with the with five points. I mean, luckily right now, you know, it the numbers don't really play out to tear things down. You mm-hmm. know, and and rebuild. Um, that will change. The numbers will start to, you know, where the land values increase to such a point where it will make more sense for developers to come in and um, tear things down. Luckily, we're not there yet, but so I think we have to. Well, the, look. the good thing is we have a lot of surface lots still. Uh, yes, exactly. And there are some cities that are uh, being proactive with those surface lots, and they're 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 making it more expensive. Uh, for those property owners to uh, hold on to those properties. Land value tax. The, the land value tax. Yeah, exactly. that's what we need is the land value tax. Yeah, and so why don't we, why, what, 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 what do we do to get a land value tax that can know. actually help to move some of these properties? Because it's all about, you know, it's, it's about density, mm-hmm. huge, connectivity, huge. People won't walk from block to block if there are giant uh, gap tooth. Uh, blocks where there's nothing to see. Uh, the uh, it's um, it's it's the weather, the wind, the snow, the rain. You know they can't duck in anywhere, uh, and uh, a lot of people think it's scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's deadening. It's, <laughs> it a, it's deadening. a deadening experience. I, I I firmly believe we should have a, a demolition moratorium. We have six thousand vacant lots in downtown. Yeah. Let's build on those before we talk about... And that's the same thing with Elmwood Village. Like, let's not tear down another thing in Elmwood Village. Let's, let's, let's you know, infill the, the few lots that are, that are vacant there. And then let's get developers to go six blocks east. Yeah. That's, you know, or 12 blocks yep. east. You yeah. know, start to infill 
the Near East side that that has been ravaged by 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 demolition and and you know systemic racism and all these things. This Jacket um, Expressway. Yeah, like but so let's not tear down anymore. Let's keep what we have. Obviously there are situations where things, you know, have been have fallen into su- such disrepair that they they have to come down. But also the other thing that I think about Buffalo is that it's an all or nothing town. Either developers, you know, secure historic tax credits they save the buildings or they tear them down like there are a lot of models where like doug jamal is 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 doing with potomac and elmwood where there's partial reuse Mm -hmm. you know and there's facadism and people often think facadism is a is a bad term and i don't think it's a bad term you you know you save you know integral parts of the building and then you build behind it you build new behind it yeah you know, I think cities like Toronto are doing a really awful job with it because they keep a, a three-story heritage storefront and then they put a 20-story glass tower behind it and there's no relationship. It's just, mm-hmm. it's totally bastardized. So, yeah. I, 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 But but I think I think we can also look at more partial reuses when, when certain portions of the building have, have deteriorated to such an extent that they're not salvageable. Yeah. So I want to bring up something that we haven't really discussed on Buffalo Rising, but you and I have uh, uh, gone back and forth about it. It's Delaware Avenue, uh, Millionaire's Row. Uh, There's an idea that's floating around out there that I think is absolutely fascinating. Now we have bike lanes uh, along Delaware right there, which is is fantastic. It uh, it gets us uh, from one part of the Buffalo to uh, another part in in a great period of time on bike. Uh, which has never really happened before. Uh, obviously, you know there are bike lanes, but to have something that really cross sects the city uh, in that nature is is amazing. Um, and it go happens to go right by Millionaire's Row, which we all love and and think is fantastic. But there's an opportunity that is knocking there, right? Yeah, for sure. You know, and the the idea really came to me when you know there's this this page on or group on Facebook. It's called uh, Millionaire, uh, sorry, Mansions of the Gilded Age, and you know there are a lot of Buffalonians who participate on it and post you know pictures of the Butler Mansion or the Miller Mansion or some of our our, our really great beautiful um, houses from the Gilded Era, so. You know, people, again, when they see these images coming out of Buffalo, they're constantly amazed that these houses are here. And I've done some research and and, and Eric Stenslick actually actually really opened my eyes up to this. But, um, you know, Buffalo from, you know, north to Gate Circle has one of the largest confluences of mansions uh, uh, left in, 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 in these tier, you know, these Rust Belt cities. Detroit got rid of its uh, Cleveland uh, eviscerated Euclid Avenue. Um, Rochester has a has a strong um, composition of them, but you know we have an extraordinary opportunity to to turn that into a district. You know, yeah. really a, a, a it's really amazing that it's really not. It's, yeah. It is amazing, and 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 I see it as a multi tiered approach, like restore the ground so those you know were highly heavily treed you know we all see the pictures of those that those gorgeous tree-lined avenues um and it's not actually isn't just delaware it's also you know linwood which was second millionaires avenue um at the time but so restore the tree canopy which has been started um the gardens like we we had incredible gardens behind these these estates um 
And so the fact that they're still standing, I mean, I, I really see that this could be Buffalo's Newport, Rhode Island. You know, yeah. people travel from all over the world to visit Newport and, and, and they're starting, uh, we're starting to see some of that, like with, with, um, the Grace, uh, Knox mansion, you know, that, that Salino has, has owned now and CTG had it before. I mean, it's been impeccably restored. It's one of the most gorgeous houses in America. Same thing with the Butler mansion. I mean, unparalleled. And, and the fact that those are intact for the, for a large, you know, to a large extent, and could be open to visitation. You know, you combine the, the, the beauty of the homes and the grounds with, you know, you've got cultural uh, assets there too. You have the JCC, you have um, Buffalo Club, Trinity Church, um, which, you know, is one of two sites in America that have Lafarge mm-hmm. and Tiffany. And Tiffany. Yeah. You know, you've got um, as I said, the butler, you've, you, you know, Canisius with its various Temple sites and, temp, you know, JCC, Temple Beth Zion, exactly. Yeah. So you, so you start to string those together. I mean, one of the, one of the things that I, I think presents as an opportunity for Buffalo that I, I, I feel like we, we don't do a great job of yet, which maybe is starting to percolate, but this city, I, I feel, I find that a lot of people remained in silos for so long, mm-hmm. like they thought about their site and, and it, wouldn't it be great if we start to think about like corridors and districts more? Like we should have this for for the museum district. There should be a museum district in Buffalo that extends from the history museum to the architecture center. Mm-hmm. And and there's joint programming and signage and wayfinding and, and like let's think of these places as districts where if I'm coming to visit the history museum, I'm going to spend a day and I'm going to go from there to the AKG to the Rockwell Hall to Birchfield to architecture architecture center. I mean, same thing could be done with the museum, Millionaires Row district. Exactly. You know, yeah, where you go from one site to another, and and I I literally think people would come from all over the world. Yeah. Well, you had mentioned gardens at the back. Does that also constitute uh, gardens in the front? Uh, and, and I, I'm not really sure if they had gardens in the front, but it seems either. that there's an opportunity to really glorify, you know, to, to, totally. to, to create something that's so, you know, the buildings speak for themselves, but the grounds seem like they could really, uh, use something that brings them all together, like almost like a walking, like a, obviously there's a sidewalk there, but to have something that when you're passing by, you're just like blown away by these like gardens that, uh, that tie everything together. Uh, uh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and with our garden tourism that we already exactly, have, yep. you know, tie into it. And, and I don't, I don't know, you know, for instance, I'm, I'm just learning more about Ellen Biddle Shipman who spent time in Buffalo. You know, Ellen Biddle Shipman was the Frank Lloyd Wright of landscape design back in the early 20th century. She did mansions up in Newport. She did, was out in Long Island and she did about 13 estates in, in Buffalo, including Greycliffe, which has been fully restored there's um, a, an incredibly uh, recently restored Ellen Biddle Shipman um, garden behind, you know, the diocese's what had been the diocese, the Bishop's House on Oakland. Um, that is that's a private property, but it has been. So you know, we had this major landscape designer in Buffalo, who uh, the Knox Farm that that yep. all, she also did that 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 really needs to be restored. So. My point is, like, we have these incredible garden assets, which we haven't even totally unearthed yet. And maybe, you know, maybe Grace Knox worked with her. I don't know. But, 
yes, I think we the, the, the gardens, the grounds, it would be incredible if they were fully restored to what they had been. Or maybe more take a contemporary look too. I'm not I'm not all about just looking right. in the in the past. Like yep. let's let's make this you know, if you've been in New Orleans, the Garden District. Sculptures. Let's, yeah. Let's do pu- public, public art. Public art. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just, it's it's one of these unearthed assets, mm-hmm. that stretch. So yeah. I, w- I would love to, you know, be part of, you know, working on that. And then, which can be, which can happen in stages too. Like at the, at the very least, let's just get all of these stakeholders in a room and start to figure out like, okay, what, let's create a, a, a five-year plan of where this could go. That's so, right. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Allentown, uh, and then we'll wrap up in a little bit, but uh, Allentown, you're working on a project uh, a, 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 that you've been heavily involved with, and is uh, it, it's a passion project for you. Yeah, so, um, Charles Rolfs and Catherine, uh, Anna Catherine Green. So, um, if you talk to most Buffalonians, they don't know who they who these two people are. I didn't even know as of seven years ago. Um, so... Charles Rolfs is one of the leading uh, furniture designers of America. He he uh, was a late arts and crafts um, artisan. His wife, Anna Catherine Green, was the first woman to write a mystery novel in the world. So here's this power creative couple. They, they lived in Allentown. Um, their house is on Park. They... Um, you know, Charles Rolfe's furniture is highly coveted. His chairs sell for hundreds of thousands of dollars. There have been major retrospectives of his work that have traveled the world that have never been to Buffalo. Um, you know, again, you talk to people, they know who Stickley is, but they don't know who mm-hmm. Charles Rolfe's is. So um, my eyes were opened up to it um, about eight years ago when I, when I started to spend more time in Buffalo. Um, and again, the house is there. It's intact. So... Uh, a committee of us has been working for about a year and a half to um, work on a model to uh, purchase the house from the owner. Who We have a letter of intent with him. He, he'd like to see this happen. He's, he's a third generation owner of that house um, and, and is really eager to see it happen. So, you know, turn, turn the house into a house museum, but, but, but not again, not have it, you know, that that's dedicated to both of them, not just yeah. him, but also her, um, and, you know, uh, but have it be, you know, I think this model of house museums where it's an ode to two dead white people a century ago is from a century ago is kind of dying on the vine and it, you know, and we're seeing this with Greycliff and with the Darwin Martin house, they need to be living, breathing entities. You, you don't want people just to come once. Mm-hmm. So, so yes, there would be a portion of the house that's dedicated to these two um, incredible individuals, but you know, then have it be um, you know a multi-purpose venue that's dedicated to artisanship, craftsmanship. You know, because both of them um, were were of that of that ilk that 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 still extends today. We're seeing tons of of contemporary craftspeople settling in Buffalo. Dot, you know, tie into what Dennis Marr is doing at, yeah, at Dennis Marr, you know, yeah, at, exactly. at Assembly House. Um, yeah, you know, and Nor- stained glass, you know, stained glass, uh, Northland. I mean, there's actually an enormous opportunity, you know, um, to tie into not only the historic movement but the contemporary movement of craftsmanship. So, so we're working on. Um, you know, we're, we're working on the model right now. We're literally, um, working with the owner on purchasing the house. Um, 
et cetera. We, we did just have a coup where mm-hmm. two cupboards that were designed by um, Rolf's came up for auction at Christie's in New York, and we bought them with, with uh, support from uh, some donors. And so now those are back in New York. I mean, excuse me, back in Buffalo from New York. And they're being restored, and we're going to put them on display at the Birchfield to sort of give a give um, people of of what this initiative is about so yeah mm-hmm. it's it's pretty darn exciting um yeah i i, I love that one because it's I, I think it's really under the radar of uh almost all buffalonians unless you're yeah. involved with the project for sure <laughs> you know and 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 the you know it really uh dovetails perfectly with the architecture tourists who yep. are coming to buffalo for Darwin Martin or the Roy Croft or, you know, Gray Cliff or, or, or just, you know, generally are, are taking an interest in Buffalo. So it's, you know, I've had some, some of the big funders say, you know, this is, this is the next, next logical project Mm -hmm. for Buffalo. And it's not going to be, you know, a, a, a Darwin Martin house style, you know, approach where, you know, we're replicating everything that there, there are some elements to it that are still intact and, you know, so it'll, it'll, it, it's pretty exciting and I, and it's been happening slowly, uh, in sort of Buffalo fashion, but it is moving forward. Yeah. Are there, uh, wrapping this up, are there any projects that we haven't mentioned that you want to talk about or any dreams or ideas or anything else that you feel is pertinent? Yeah, I feel very strongly, um, that Buffalo needs a, a, an architecture design and design center. So we've got an architecture museum and, 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 and I've just, you know, I've con- I'm going to connect you with Paris. I think he should be on your show, ne- you know, soon, but he's doing a great job running things over there. But, you know, I think we really need a design center. So, um, a group of us for years studied, uh, other cities models. So, you know, um, there's one in Nashville, there's one in Philadelphia, one, there's one in Rochester. I don't like Rochester having anything that Buffalo doesn't have, so <laughs> let's just start there. <laughs> Anyways, there's a great one in Rochester. And and the concept is is to create a, a center for actually uh, uh, developers to come in and show their models and, and, and get uh, pro bono support from designers, architects, wow. landscape designers to ameliorate the projects, you mm-hmm. know, in a non-threatening, non-confrontational way. Because part of what's happening in Buffalo is the developer comes to the table and then it's this battle, yeah. you know. And often, you know, developers are bringing, frankly, their worst plans to the table, mm-hmm. knowing that they're going to get pushed back. So, like, let's try a different model where it's not contentious and we're, we're, we're building new in Buffalo that, that actually complements the historic, you know, the, the, the beauty that we, the, the heritage architecture we have. And I'm also so not a fan of, of all these new builds that, that are made to look historic. I'm this historicism, this faux-stalgia, I call mm-hmm. it. Like, let's get exciting contemporary new builds in yeah. Buffalo. Yeah. Like, that don't have to look old. Right. And there's also know? the bait and switch when when we're presented with something and everybody gets all excited and we're, we can't wait to see it built. And then when it's built, it's like, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's not what we saw. Yeah. Yeah, no. It's that's not what we were presented. Totally. And there's no oversight. I mean, there's really there's no, no push Exactly. Book. There's no push And then once it's built, what do you do? Uh, and that's where this entity could really help because... We've got the green code, which is great. It's doing some some great things for the built in, new built environment, 
but there's no, you can't dictate taste, you can't dictate design, but maybe there's a way to, to sort of bring developers, you know, because we didn't build a lot in Buffalo for so long and the expectations are low. Yeah, and, so the, let's and, raise the, our and the value engineering, yeah, which always... Uh, totally, and the, yeah. and, and the numbers don't really make sense, to be right. perfectly honest. So, so I'd like to see that happen. And, and, you know, as someone who divides my time between Buffalo and the Hudson Valley in New York City... We desperately need high-speed rail. I mean, we just need high-speed. Mm-hmm. That would be the biggest game-changer for this region if it then went on to Toronto. I mean, bar, bar none. Like, we need high-speed rail. It should not... I take the train from here to, to Hudson. It takes five hours. Then from Hudson to New York, it's two hours. That should be done in three hours, yeah. three and a half hours. And, yeah. and you'll that would be less time to get to Buffalo than it would be to get out to the Hamptons. Yeah. You know, and right. we, yeah. Are you in favor of ever bringing a trolley back, a trolley system back? Not a system necessarily, but like a uh, a trolley uh, on a street that deserves a trolley. Sure. I mean, yeah, but the low-hanging fruit in the near term is let's get some better bus systems going. Like, I lived in Boston when they rolled out what's called the Silver Line, which, you know, had a dedicated, protected line that was just the bus, limited stops, beautiful, uh, you know, vehicles... And everyone started to take the bus. Really? In Boston. Okay. You know? So imagine oh. just taking a lane in, in, on Main Street or Niagara and just leaving it for a bus. Yeah. And having limited, limited stops so that you could get from the Peace Bridge to Forest Avenue in five minutes. Right. You know? Like, let's start there. Yeah. Just, you know, increase and improve the bus transit system. That is the lowest hanging fruit. Let's help people start to wean themselves off of the car. Yeah, you know, which is, you know, as 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 a quasi bicyclist, as a runner, the streets of Buffalo are, you know, the auto the drivers are out of control. <laughs> they are out of control, literally. You know, I mean, the lawlessness, and there are a lot of stuff that's been written about it. This is a national trend. It it really got yes. exacerbated during COVID. This this sense of lawlessness. Maybe there's less police. Do you um, like the speed humps? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm for anything that, and mm-hmm. I am a driver, so let's yeah. let's. I'm not I'm not a, a bike only individual, but yeah, I'm I am for anything that tames traffic the drive the tra- traffic experience in Buffalo because similar to how we didn't see development for a long time, we were car centric for so long. Yeah. So let's move the needle back a little bit more, make it more pedestrian friendly, make it more bike friendly. I mean, watching. What's happened, you know, the vitriol around this Parkside Linden intersection has been unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, that was the most awful yeah. <laughs> intersection known to man. And anyone who would fight what Go Bike is doing there is just crazy, I think, because, you know, sure, it might, you know, there are, are, are improvements needed to that, to that model, I think. But, but what we have now compared to what was there is so much better, Yeah, you know. People are pushing for a uh, traffic circle there uh, now. Um, so. I don't think it's. I don't know. I am. I'm not in yeah. on the in on that. But I don't think it's possible. I think they would do it if it were possible. But there's some reasonings against it. I, you yeah. Know. Okay. Last but not least, uh, you, we're both heading to the opening of the West Side Bazaar today. Mm-hmm. How, how big is that for Buffalo? Oh, it's amazing. And I, you know, I, um, I, 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 Eva Hassett, if you haven't had her on, on, on this podcast, you should, but you know, I think about the championing people like she are doing for, you know, Buffalo has such an opportunity to, 
welcome new Americans, you know, and, and, you know, we have the, we have the capacity, we have the vacancy, we have, you know, uh, so the more we can, we can do to support them in getting established here, um, the better, you know, it helps our population, you know, these are hardworking people who are really contributory to, to what's going on. Um, it's great new food offering. Great new food, yeah. Um, and so I love, I love what Weedy is doing with their microloan program and this project in, in particular. Yeah, me too. I can't wait to go later today. Well, Fritz, thank you so much uh, for joining us on Building Buffalo, and uh, we hope to have you. I hope to have you back here. Yeah, someday. I can't believe I haven't seen this layer yeah. before. Now this is quite something. Y'all got to get over here and see this. It's quite, it's quite trippy. Thank you, Paul. Right. I appreciate everything you do, as always. Thanks, Fritz. Mm-hmm.